the basket. James catches, puts up the three. Won't go. Rebound box. Back out to Allen. His three-pointer. Welcome to the Ultimate Super Coach and Fantasy Sports Show. You are now listening to the Insight Fantasy Sports Podcast. Boom shakalaka! Hello and welcome to Coming In Clutch. This is the first installment for a trade recap here on Insight Fantasy Sports, uh, where we wrap up a couple of pre-draft trades. Uh, and this show is brought to you by the Standard Squeeze, bringing you products to help you drink responsibly and conveniently. I'm your host, the NBA Matrix, and with me today is Matty G. Matty G, how's your Sunday? Yeah, mate. Yeah, going very well. How's your oh, Broncos you ready to enter the Matrix? <laughs> Yeah, good, good. It's half time. It's six all. So I've ducked in. I'll catch a. Uh, I'll catch a replay after this. So. Now, man, I'm a pumped. You sent me these notes over talking about it, and I got some uh, draft takes and opinions because I've got big. I've got. I've got a wizard's take later on. But mate, talk us through because that's one of your uh, points for the day. This coming up clutch, uh, and your Grizzlies headline us. Tell us yeah, about so- this. Uh, tell us about your Grizz. Yeah, so uh, basically Grit and Grind is back in Memphis. Um, The Grizzlies have received Marcus Smart. Um, We have given up some picks and um, and Tyus Jones. So Washington's received the 35th pick, Tyus Jones, Gallinari, and Mike Muscala. Grizzlies, of course, receiving Marcus Smart. And Boston has received KP, Chris Tapps, Paul Zingas, the Zingas stacker, um, the 25th pick, and the uh, 2024 future first from the Warriors, I suppose. As all, everybody has opinion as, as who's the winners, who's the losers. What do you think, G? Uh, I initially, look, to be honest, I think this was a really, this was the starting domino for the Washington Wizards. The big winners out of everything at the end of the day here, for me, have, have, have been the Wizards. I think they drafted really well. The move with getting rid of CP3, bringing in pool. It's, I thought it was an absolutely hapless organization. I'm looking at these trades like, what are they doing? What's their call? And I thought they came around for it. So they've cleared off a bunch of salary there. Um, CP3's with Golden State, which is a championship contender because that's where he wanted to go. But then I have a look at Marcus Smart, who's gone from the Celtics, who's he was their culture guy. What mm. what do you think he's going to bring? Do you reckon he's going to bring, look, they need some adults in the room in Memphis. Do you think he's going to bring that yep. to your team? Yeah, well, I suppose for starters, looking at the Grizzlies, I know that now they have the two defensive player of the years. So that's just something he is going to bring. He is an adult. He has played, you know, in Eastern Conference Finals. He has played, um, I suppose, playoffs every year since he started. That's that's like 11 years, Um, which if we're talking about culture, there's a lot going on with Ja Morant and, um, and, you know, there's, there's a lot of young kids on this team. I hope that he's just somebody that can help the Grizzlies, I suppose, grow up and turn into this elite basketball team. We've got good defenders. We've got a great wing defender now. Uh, we've got our replacement for Ja Morant while he's out and our replacement for Dylan Brooks uh, once Ja comes back. I question his long-term fit. I mean, let's say Ja's out. We know Ja's out for 20, 25 games. We, we know he's out. Mm-hmm. That's fine. I question his long-term fit. Uh, he's just had a couple, like he's had these seasons beside, you know, JT, JB, and then he still thinks he's the number one guy sometimes. In Memphis, yep. we all know the number one guy is Ja Morant. We all know the number two is Triple J, and they're a beautiful one-two combinations here. Like those guys work 
incredibly well. Uh, my worry is that Marcus is going to acclimate himself too quick, too soon to be in the guy, running the team, trying to be the big dog in the house. And then what's his role when, when Jar comes back? Because he, he hasn't always been successful off the ball. He loves it. Do you think that's going to cause any conflict long-term in the, in the Grizzlies organization? Not really. Like Jard does have to sit at certain points and we have got rid of our backup point guard. So I think that he is going to be the guy to, I suppose, run the team when Jar is off. And then hopefully he can, you know, be the bigger man and just just slide into our lineup, be around these great shooters. Like we've got Desi Bain and stuff sitting there. We've got Johnny Conchar. We've got Luke Kennard. Um, he's going to have to create for, for some of those blokes. Um, yeah, I'm just hoping it's a fit in that way. I'm hoping being a leader isn't, hey, I'm going to jack up, you know, 20 shots a night. I um, Which, which, which he can across. do. He can do. He loves it. Which yeah, and you've do. got Kennard. And I love Kennard's hire, by the way. Uh, having Luke Kennard there, mate, he's an absolute ripper. So I think he's a really good off-ball for him. And, they need, he, and Marcus Smart, when he's not taking the shots, he can make the right call. And he's been bound with this shit to two absolute elite scorers in in Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum in the last few years. So yeah. I'm not saying by any way that Luke Kennard is elite like that, but the man can knock down a bloody bucket. I mean, he can knock yeah. down a shot player. I mean, now, if you need to- like if you need defense out there, you've got you've got him. If you need some offense, because uh, Marcus Smart can get a little stale at times on offense, uh, yeah. then yeah, we we probably our offense wasn't really the issues with our bench unit. So, mate, I am absolutely chomping at the bit. I don't know about you, are but very nice. Is Tyus Jones on the Washington Wizards? I am straight away calling it soon. He will be the one that we're all clapping our hands together. Where's Tyus going to fall when we start mock drafting? Because that guy has so much potential to be one of the most absolutely elite point guards in your fantasy lineups. He has high efficiency, knocks down free throws, loves to play, mate, can score the ball inside. His turnovers don't exist. Like, yeah. they probably will in a Wizards scene where he's the number one option because he has to do a, a lot more. And he won't be the number one option there. Like, they'll figure out. We all know that he's going to be basically thrown, hey, Jordan, do you want a shot? And Jordan will be like, let's have a yeah. pool party. But, you know, he'll be, he'll be stacking it up, like, left, right, and center. I am going to put call it right now. Tyus Jones is going to be one of the absolute hottest pickups in NBA fantasy drafts this year. Depending on where he falls in your league, get the guy. He, could be, he can mint you very easily. That's my, that's my big take for fantasy implications. It's For me, it comes down to Tyus Jones has an opportunity to have an absolutely killer season. Yeah, and I think he's going to get that opportunity. Like We've seen what he's done when, when Jar wasn't around, but you do have to remember he was playing on a better team. Um, he's going to be passing the ball around a lot, and he's going to get involved. I wonder if his efficiency and his turnovers are going to take a big hit. And um, I suppose to get those assists, these guys have to make shots. Um, and when you are passing it to guys like Landry Shamit instead of Des Bain, uh, when you are passing it to Corey Kiss, but even if, you know, we can talk, we can rag out Dylan Brooks as much as we like. Um, he was still a good basketball player. And um, yeah. I mean, Corey he definitely Kispert played the game of basketball. Him. I mean, he definitely he played the game of basketball. <laughs> he definitely got paid a lot of money to, to play the game of basketball. Good bloke. Yeah. He can play basketball, but good bloke. He fails the good bloke test. Yeah, he does. He does fail the good bloke test. And um, I don't know how, you know, if we say the locker room was bad in, in Memphis because of him, I don't know how the Wizards locker room's going to be when they're winning 15 games a year. So, 
Yeah, and I, and I and look and to be honest, I think with everything that's happened in Memphis, and you're and you're a Grizz guy. Let's just say it's yes. not just yeah. Dylan. I, I I firmly believe that that's not just a Dylan Brooks situation. That was a bit of a culture situation, and a whole lot of stuff was going on there uh, with the organization. Boston, how do how do you think KP comes out of this? Just fantasy wise, he was the big uh, one there. Fantasy- Fantasy wise, I see him probably where he was last year. That sort of, I think he was twenty three and nine. Um, still, you know, getting more than a block a game. Not because he's an elite, I suppose, defender. Just because he's seven foot three and he takes up so much space in the middle and just seems to get blocks because of how big he is. He is the unicorn. Um, but yeah, I think you know what he is a young ish. He's a young Al Horford. And yeah, Al Horford's 37. He can't just keep being there. Um, on offense, he's a lot more gifted than Al Horford, admittedly. But he's a good replacement for him. And if you can keep Al Horford on the bench, he was pretty good last year. Um, he was. Yeah, I think. Yeah, he's a six-man candidate. Like, he's he's going to, like, maybe not of the year, but he's going to come in, fill up the minutes, do what you need him to do because he's a veteran. And he just gets out there and does his job. And he loves doing it as well. I think he's the big – the starter, though. Who's going to be starting in the middle? Do you, you, obviously, you've, you're going to have Horford on the bench. So, Time Lord. Yeah. Yeah. Time you got Time Lord at center. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, that's a absolutely huge. If you think about that, if you think about that front court, that's Time Lord, Chris Dapps, JB, and JT. That's a big yeah. lineup with your point guard, yeah. with Derek Wright out there, whoever. That's a big, big team. They're um, going to have to get some stops because if Derek White's the best passer in your team, though, it, it was honestly my opinion that Marcus Smart was the best passer on their team and they've just <laughs> traded him. Obviously, they wanted to get rid of Brogdon. Um, there was a breakdown in trades there. So they Brogdon failed his medical or um, I suppose Boston didn't disclose how bad Brogdon was. And it, this is actually a lot better trade for Boston if they got rid of Brogdon instead of Marcus yeah. Smart, in my opinion. I, I agree. And I think and I think the implication here is I think my eyes, fantasy trade, like fantasy wise, I'm just gonna watch where Brogo goes. Because if there's an injury, he's not been healthy that much throughout his career. He's had these injuries. But if it's such an injury that's gonna take away a trade completely off the table, apparently he's now the word's got out that he's untradeable. So yeah. we've all these dominoes have fallen over since and it's like no one can take the guy. So I, he I might don't, be I don't... yeah. I know you're a Yahoo bloke, and I don't know if they have this option uh, when you're setting your draft board, but there's a button that you can press him and you can just take him out. I did it last year with Russell Westbrook. I probably shouldn't have, um, but I just didn't want to be tempted by him. I just don't want to be there in the 12th round. Um, I've had, you know, about six of these, and then I talked myself into a Malcolm Brogdon. Um, I think it's going to be he's untradeable, and for me he's undraftable. 100%. 100%. I, I am avoiding Brogdon in my fantasy draft. Look, he, he offers great upside. I'm, look, not great. You know, no, he doesn't offer great upside. He does his job. Where you get Brogdon is what he'll do. He'll not, you know, he's going to do his job at the end of the day. Um, Warriors and all these trades that are going around. Let's get back onto this one with the Bradley Beal trade because the more I think about this, am I, am I insane in thinking this could actually work when the eight and domino falls? I'm, yeah, I am I, actually, I, I see the universe. I'm insane, or it could work. Because this yeah, could be I think it could. I think it could be work. Look, the Wizards have properly had a really good go at blowing it up. I haven't seen a blow up this bad. Like they gave away Beal for pra- they gave up an All Star for practically no one, even giving up no uh, 
Yeah, basically. Uh, even giving up Chris Stapps for what he is. But, you know, when you take a step back and think about it, they're going to lose Chris Stapps next year. They're going to have to pay Chris Stapps $30 yeah. million and probably sit in. And it wasn't doing a service to Chris Stapps either. Um, I think – so they got cuckolded. So the Suns received Bradley Beal, Jordan yep. Goodwin, and Isaiah Todd. There's Can two I just say I – Probably. Yeah, Isaiah Todd. I love the Isaiah Todd at that at the end of the day. It's like two days later, it's like, oh, sorry, we've got Isaiah still. He's can you just take Isaiah? Like, yeah, can we send you Toddy? And they're like, oh, yeah. sure, why not? That was fantastic. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And the Wizards got CP3, Landry Shamet, multiple second round picks and pick swaps, which is practically nothing. Um, CP3 is about 800 years old. Uh, Landry Shamit is a spot-up shooter in an elite team. And um, you know what? Second round picks and pick swaps. But yes, we want to make fun of the Wizards for this. But can we really? He, they had a better deal lined up with the Heat. And Beal said, I'm not I'm not going because he had a no-trade clause. And he said, yep. work out the best you can do with Phoenix. And that's it. And they did it. My big takeaway is this one. The Wizards turned this into Kula Bali. So you know I love to call the West Coast cooler. Um, yeah. My guy, I picked him up in our, like, I picked him up in the, uh, we, we, Skitty and I were talking about him. I think fantasy-wise, you want to keep your eye on where Kula Bali goes for the Wizards. I think he has potential to put up some decent numbers working off Tyus and Monty. Those two guys are point guards. And so every time I look back at this, I'm like, wait a second. Have the Wizards actually done something good? Yeah. The Washington Wizards made some smart moves. And I can't yep. believe it because this has been an organization that has been dysfunctional and absolutely reprehensible at times for too long. I'm watching Kula Bali. So my next fantasy take is, what about you? I know you don't take Rooks, but would he yep. be kind of in that like opportunity, like matrix that you'd be like, oh, hello. Maybe a fly with the last pick. My, I just think yep. that, if I'm in a draft with you, you're going to take him well before because you're going to be higher yeah. on him than me. If he falls take to him a me using your last. advice, I'll probably take him at the last pick. If I was in a draft where people didn't know what was what was going on, that's sort of where I would fall on him. But you know what? I'm in draft leagues with you and uh, yep. and you're going to take him a little bit earlier, which is going to help some guys that I sort of had there uh, fall to yep. me. So I'm going to get what I want. You're going to get what you want. So. A hundred percent. I also just like to take guys who I like the names of. No, I don't do that. That's do not <laughs> that do not good. do that fantasy. That is LeBron good. James sounds Le, yeah. LeBron <laughs> James sounds all right. Should I take him with my fantasy draft? No. <laughs> T T J McConnell. Somebody's just tells me I look like a young T J McConnell out there. So there you, you look go. like a bearded T J. I can tell you that one. <laughs> um, mate, the the other trade news with you. What where do you think it's going to fall for like guys like like CP three? What what does that leave him doing? over with Golden State, mate. Like, tell me, what do you think there? So I think he's going to run the bench unit and Steph can play off ball with the best of them. And 100%. if he is on a roll, they leave him out there. They probably might even just play 20-odd minutes a night and then just, I suppose, steer the ship with the second unit, make them a bit better, and then be ready for playoffs. And that's really when you see what, CP3 to the Warriors means they're going to make sure his health is important. Um, fantasy wise, I'm not touching him with the 10 foot pole. No way, <coughs> no, absolutely not. I'm um, I'm looking at teams this way, like where it falls for like the Warriors. Yep, 
yeah, it's a good pickup for them. CP3 will have some relevance in those like mid to late rounds because he's also a guy who knows his position. So he's going to get you a lot of the, the CP3 stats, not on a good three-point percentage, not knocking those down. But he's going to get you assists. He'll get you a couple steals a game. He'll be decent, knows how to knock him down from the line. But fantasy, it doesn't change much by way of the Golden State Warriors, in my opinion. If he's sitting there at 100, I might take him, but somebody else is going to take him because he's a big name at like 50 or 60, and that's going to be a mistake. 100%. Um, big headline is coming up. We are basically just over a week away from free agency. We were talking about that earlier on. What are you watching out for free agency in advance this week with all these trade rumors? And we have one that's just come up today that we want to talk about. Yeah. Um, look, I'm, what I'm going to look for is, of course, those big pieces and probably where the big pieces duck away. Like, I suppose Landry Shamit and Bradley Beal, and let's think about that. Like, Corey Kispert, does he become a late option? Does Landry Shamit become a late option? Where I look for, like, people get excited if Tobias Harris moves and he goes to, I know he wouldn't go back to Detroit, but say he goes back to Detroit, for example, does yeah. like he become somebody else will take him higher, but yeah, who takes all Tobias Harris's shots in Philly is probably where I would look. So, and I think that's a thing that you do really well, <laughs> the NRL super coach as well. Uh, apart from choke on your beer. Um, I think you look for those guys with the opportunity. The second that you see like room for opportunity, you are right yeah. there being like, who's going to, who's going to fill those minutes. And what's their skill level? What's their talent? And how much faith has the coach gotten them? Because we can look yep. at guys like, like, look, Jackson Hayes is, a, I think, an absolutely ideal candidate for this uh, over in the Pelicans. Jackson Hayes gets out on the floor, does some stuff when he's not there. But then the second Val goes down, they don't start him every game. So although there's an opportunity that arises, there's no trust there in the organization. There's no great, great, huge belief where he rolls out. Whereas if you get someone into your team that you're going to absolutely love, and put them on the floor, you're spot on. Like that's where the opportunity comes and where if you can pick up that sneaky value. Um, Harden, I'm hearing that he's going to stay in Philly. It's, it's now to the point where it's all happening around. So Tobias Harris is the big one. And the rumors are that Phoenix is still trying to get their tip wet and get Tobias Harris over there. Yeah. So this is huge and part of a four-team trade now, possibly for the Phoenix Suns. So we've got Harden. I reckon he'll stay with the Rockets. Uh, sorry, with with the Philly, he won't go back to the Rockets. Uh, that's just, I, I'm pretty sure that's where it is now. The other big names, I guess, are Kyrie, Draymond Green, Fred Van Fleet, and Chris Middleton. Who do you see, because they've got salary? This is my big question. Who do the Sacramento Kings pick up? Do Let's do Herbie a service, because I actually think the Kings have got some, uh, I think the Kings have got a roadmap here to make their team better with Harrison Barnes coming off the books. Yeah, so I don't think Chris Middleton's going to be playing anywhere but in Milwaukee next year. Um, he's knocked back okay. that forty. He's knocked back that forty mil. Uh, he was interviewing people there um, yeah. for you know with Giannis. He's a centerpiece for them. They are going to. He is going to take twenty five mil. Here's here's my take. He's going to take twenty five mil a year, yep. and they're going to be able to upgrade another position and have another push at the championship. Um, he is that good of a bloke, I think, that he is going to cost himself 15 mil for a chance at having a championship and being a Milwaukee Buck for the rest of his life. I would, you know, I absolutely back you. I, you know, what I've actually been thinking the same thing. I reckon he's the kind of bloke. Uh, he is apparently like just one of the best teammates. Apparently, when him and apparently the stories of him and Devin Booker flying together 
after they went head-to-head in the NBA finals to meet up with the World Cup team. Apparently, he went straight up to book at the end of it and was like, he went made all the effort to become the bloke's mate after just taking the championship away from him. And he was yeah. apparently, and, and, and he was like, I, I don't, like, I can't hate him. He's like, yeah. he's, a, he's, like, he's like the best dude in the world. So I 100% reckon he's going to go there. Do we think Brock Lopez, I think Brock Lopez says, I think they keep that core together. I'm very curious to see what they do um, without Bud over there. I'm thinking that the Sacramento Kings might make a play for Draymond Green. Yeah, I think that's a very Sacramento Kings thing to do. Because they need some more defense. It's a very Sacramento thing. They've got really good playmaking there with De'Aaron Fox um, and obviously Sabonis out there. The old mate can't knock down threes at the clip that he used to, but I still think he's one of the best defenders in the world, and that could go a long way with a Sacramento Kings team that needs it. So if, if he ends up on that team, I see the universe where Draymond Green is just making a longer drive to work every day. Yeah. And you've got to remember these are people. Like, location's a big thing. He might not have to move his family and could still just live in the same house. Like, we talked about it, and I know that there's going to be lots of American uh, listeners and stuff, but we talk about it in um, in footy over here. Like, um, there's three teams within three – oh, there's four teams within three hours of each other. Like, they're just going to play – that is going to be their number one target because you don't have to move your family. Um, and oh, 100%. that makes complete sense. Whereabouts does Taylor Swift lives? Because I just want to know where Austin Reeves is going to go. <laughs> she's a Nashville girl? She's she's not going there? <laughs> that was fantastic. Um, mate, so Reeves, that's another interesting one. You're a team. You're a GM. Are you throwing $90 million at him just to make the Lakers pony up? No. So just you don't think San Antonio is going to make a play just to go up there? No. Not a chance. Okay. All right. I think I'm very curious to see because he could get a four-year deal worth about $100 million. That's like where he's yep. coming budget at, anywhere between 90 and 100. I'm really interested to see where the penny drops on him. Um, but also, this bloody trade news today. Let's go over that trade. I remember in the group chat today, and we were all thinking, this is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. The Cavs wanted to give up. Oh, sorry. The Cavs were demanded for Tobias Harris. Yeah. What yeah, what was it? The, the demand yeah, yeah. if they so, were to take on no Philly wanted. Yeah, so Philly, Philly wanted. wanted as, yeah, where we're at, Philly wanted. I think it was a package involving right. Mobley, Jarrett Allen, and first for Tobias Harris, and it's just like you would just be like lose my number, hey? I tell you what, they <laughs> um the GM must have been with you know the Philly GM's daughter or something because that's, that's is, that is abs- <laughs> that's absolutely ludicrous. Future Hall of Famer, Evan Mobley. Yeah. Like for Tobias Harris. It's just to clear those numbers. I, I don't see it happening. But I do see the big talk is coming out. It's it's all happened today. So we've got the, the timeline I wrote down was um, Philly, Philly needs to recognize that my son Tobias is an assassin scorer. Now, I mean, the guy uh, can score. He it, did all right with the clips Philly, and back in Detroit. Philly, back in the know day. It. Philly know it if they're asking for that. A hundred percent. Oh, that's why we're... Mate, that's why we tried to get Evan Mobley for him. Yeah. I can tell you right now, there's an NBA championship in the next two years over in Philadelphia. If they brought in Evan Mobley to run up, like to run beside Joel Embiid, no one has scored inside there. No yeah. one, no one has put up a bucket in a game yeah, against those they, dogs. 
but the, but the Cavs are, are young. Like they're not going to get older like that. That's yeah, that's a ludicrous. Like uh, that seems like something that was written by Buck Crack Sports or something. Like apparently it really happened, but like legit, just sounded sounds like a joke to me. Now the big one today was this multiple team trade. So the 76ers trade, Tobias Harris is drawing interest from the Suns, the Mavericks, and the Jazz. So this is including a, this is including finally moving. Mr. I just wanted to get to my first contract, DeAndre Ayton, who yeah. has to go up there with one of the most disappointing guys. Like, I want to love the guy's game. I just can't get there, like, at all. But to, unfortunately, with the money that he we earns. Do see this, we do see this a lot with big men coming into the league, though, these these massive yeah. prospects that are that are big men. Like, you sort of do have to grow into the position. Like quite often there's a bloke that's 20th, 25th, 35th that becomes an elite. You know, we talk about your Marcus Gasols. We talk about your oh, Joel, Joel Embiid was right up there with the, with the picks, but you know, we're talking about Brooke Lopez and people like that years later who developed into those sorts of players. I don't, I, I would be scared if I was a GM to draft one of these big centers uh, one, two, three, four, anywhere in the lottery because they just don't pan out all the time. Does it just feel like they've been like, you're really tall, you should play basketball. So they've been made to do yep. it for 20 years. They get that contract, they get a few. The, the second you get drafted, you're basically an instant millionaire. And then they're like, yep. okay, I've done that. They know they can get to their next contract for 120. It's like, I'll play, but do I have to? I just, I, yep. I'm, there's, there's no competitive spec. That brings me, my big one, Cam Whitmore. Can I just say, I, I want to see Cam Whitmore become the new Draymond Green in 10 years where he remembers every single person's name. He fell. When his coach doesn't vouch for him and he slides that much in a draft from being a lottery guy, I want to see where Cam Whitmore goes on my fantasy day because I reckon that guy is going to come out of the block with an absolutely massive chip on his shoulder. Yeah. Does he have a family, uh, fantasy-friendly game, G? Look, I think I like to think that he does. Across the board, we talked about this in the draft show. If you haven't listened to it, go back and check that out because we were really accurate with where a lot of those needs were and where a lot of those players moved to. And the, pretty much the comps that we gave out is pretty much what the comparison was come draft day. The only thing that we, I think we put down was we didn't, we didn't see the Thompson twins going where they went because of the opportunity for the organization. I, I don't see how, I honestly, I'm still, like the Orlando Magic have got so many guards there. I've got to see Jalen Suggs or Cole Anthony or someone. You just get the hell out of Dodge at this point. You can't, yep. you can't bring in old mate and then still have those guys on your books. But I think he does. I think Cam has a fantasy-friendly game. He can do everything. He's got drive. He's got motor on the court. The attitude off the court might be a bit of an inhibitor for him. If he can come in with that dog in him, a pick 22, to be like, no, 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 I was a lottery guy. He could be one of those guys that we look at in years to come where it's like, do you remember where he went in the draft? And he remembers every name of every dude who went before him and put some of that moxie. So that's, I would like to see that from his experience there. But yeah, man, I'm, look, I like it. I like it for them. Yep. Yeah. At yeah. the end of the day, he's now an NBA player. Um, should be proud of getting there. And um, you know what? He's went went to a team that that has selected him. So yeah, I think he's going to do every, everything he can. Like, you know, it doesn't matter if you get drafted at 11th or 20th. He's just got to take his opportunities now that he's there. So, 100%, mate. Any final big takeaways for us? What do you reckon? No, Anything no, that's no, you're really keeping your eye takeaways. on the next week? Look, I just want to see what the what the Wizards and Warriors... So the Warriors have saved some money, so the Warriors yep. are going to spend it. I really think that their front 
front office are elite. So yeah. they have got rid of – Jordan Poole was a great player for them. They've got rid of Jordan Poole, and now they've got some extra money to spend. I want to look to see where they spend that money before I rate their CP3 trade. Okay. Who would you be looking at if you're them? Where, where would you be looking at? What position or gap or opportunity would you be looking there? Like a middle guy? Well, if they if, bring a, a Brock Lopez? A Brooke Lopez? Yeah. Do they bring – they... work. That would work perfectly. It would, wouldn't it? Yeah. I wonder if they're going to use the money on a few guys rather than one big name, though, because they've already got, you know, some big names. Like if Dre goes and then they've got, um, you know, and they've got rid of Jordan Poole's yeah. big salary, could they turn that into four guys and just be, like, a little bit deeper than they have been? I, that's what I'm thinking they might do. But is Brook Lopez a big name? Like, what, what contract is there for him? He's aging. I know he does his job incredibly well. Like, I, 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 I picked him up in fantasy, and he was in, like, a ladder-round guy last year. And he, yep. for me, he was almost, oh, he's a hot take. He could have been the most complete gamed Milwaukee Buck last year in fantasy. Yep. Like there was, like, sure he didn't get the same counting stats as Giannis because he's amazing. But Brock Lopez yep. was one of the absolute best value players in NBA fantasy last year. He has the potential to be it every single year because he's just his skill set. He, he just, he gets you blocks. He knocks down his shots. He doesn't rebound well, though. That's the one thing for a big fella that I wish he could do more of. But they could bring her back a guy like Harrison Barnes. Would they bring him yeah, back? If, they, if they're bringing him in for $15, $17 million, then that's a good call. He would um, he would fill a spot. Um, yep. Yeah, I just wonder if it's going to be those sorts of, you know, maybe get your four-year guys, you know, that aren't re-signing at their current current clubs and uh and you just pick up i'm excited to see because i reckon it'll be left field yeah yeah i i can see a guy like max strauss someone like that i can yep. see a couple of those miami yep. heat guys going over there guys who play their role do really well and when they get their chance to shine um <coughs> that's i would I, if i'm looking there i think i think they pick up dante vigencenzo i think he'll six around yeah i don't kelly Ubre. Is it potential? Yeah. I definitely think, yeah, I think definitely there. there's a guy there. And I wouldn't be surprised to see someone like maybe Josh Richardson to yep. pick up a, and go over that way. I think that's definitely the go. Yeah, cool. Great. Um, let's let's wrap it up, mate. Mate, I'm done. Thank you. <laughs> no, fantastic. Uh, you are listening to the Insight Fantasy Sports, and uh, thanks for coming on. Where can we find you, uh, Matty G? Uh, check us out on Twitter at MBA at, uh, at MBA GWiz. You can find me there for uh, tweets and goss. So, uh, along we go, mate. What about you? M- at MBA underscore Matrix. Yep. That's that's the spot. That's where I am talking shit. So uh, come on, you... have a bit of a laugh. And, uh, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll chat on there. Thanks, mate. Cheers, mate. See ya.